Welcome to the Chamber of Voice of Business podcast. I am Steve Cox of the Rogers Lowell Area Chamber of Commerce, and joining me is John Moran, also with the Rogers Lowell Area Chamber of Commerce. And John, we had a special event that took place on February 13th at uh, Northwest Arkansas Community College. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, that night we had a uh, legislative candidate forum for our District 90, uh, District 90 here in Rogers. Uh, Representative Jana De La Rosa is the incumbent. She has two challengers in that race. And, and part of Lowell as well, right? Yeah, uh, it's part of Lowell yeah. too, yes. And um, so uh, Southwest Rogers, part of Lowell, Bethel Heights, mm-hmm. kind of that part of town. Um, they appeared at our forum, and uh, Roby Brock w- with Talk Business and Politics was the moderator. And uh, about an hour's worth of questions. Um, so um, I encourage our uh, listeners to take a listen to it and be informed as they go to the polls uh, for the primary, which is on March 3rd. Yeah. And as you mentioned, early voting's already early started. Voting, so. Yeah, early voting has started. So get out there and vote for your candidate um, and just make your voice heard because every, every vote matters in, in this upcoming election. And, uh, you know, the primary process is, is a big one because that's going to decide who's running in November against, uh, against the other parties. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and make sure this happens. Yeah, give it a listen and... Uh, be informed when you go to the polls. All right. So enjoy the uh, District 90 candidate forum at Northwest Arkansas Community College. And just a heads up, uh, we had to plug in to the sound system out there. We were not able to record this on site uh, here in the in the podcast studio. So the audio quality might be a little bit different than what you're used to hearing if you're a regular listener for the uh, Chamber Voice of Business podcast. But enjoy the uh, candidate 90 forum and make sure you vote now in early voting or for sure on March 3rd in the Arkansas primary. This is the Chamber Voice of Business podcast. Thank you all for uh, coming again tonight. I want to make a, a quick correction on our sponsors earlier. I said Southwest Energy and AEP Sweat Coat. Uh, sorry about that, Bradley. Uh, but, uh, well, um, we thank all of our sponsors. We're going to start with our second part of the program, which is uh, District 90, which is held by Representative Jana Del Rosa. She's being challenged by Kendon Underwood and Chris Latimer. Um, So we hope you enjoy the first part of the program. Now we're going to go to our second part of the program. And I'll turn it back over to Rope. Thank you, John. Again, thank you, everybody, for being here. And thank you to the candidates for being here and for uh, staying for the first round. And thank you all for staying for the second round as well. By order of drawing, uh, Chris Latimer is going to go first, Kendon Underwood is going to go second, uh, Jana De La Rosa is going to go third, and um, so I will let you go first, Chris, with your opening statement. You have three minutes. Awesome. Nice to meet you, everyone. How's everybody doing tonight? Everybody having fun? Wow. Holy smokes. Wow. Well, my name is Chris Latimer. I'm going to jump into it then. I, uh, my family and I, we've lived here for the last uh, 11 and a half years. I have uh, two daughters and my wife, they're, they're out there, they're waving, but uh, the girls, they're kind of a long night, and so, uh, so they're going to hang out later. And so uh, I've been, for the last uh, six and a half years, I've been a pastor on staff at Key Point Church, I've been the worship pastor there. Uh, at Key Point, my responsibilities uh, as the worship pastor, overseeing the worship department for two campuses, uh, and before I left, uh, I had actually became the uh, uh, director over uh, two of those departments, over our tech uh, department as well as our worship, overseeing about 70 volunteers and staff, uh, and operating our, you know, facilitating budgets for both of those, uh, both those positions. Uh, I am a proud uh, resident here in Northwest Arkansas. We love this area originally from Central Arkansas. It's where my family is from, and uh, man, I'm excited to be here tonight. Thank you, guys. All right, Chris Kendon, you're up. 
Well, I'm Kendon Underwood. Uh, obviously, I'm a Republican running for State Representative District 90. Thank you for being here. It's an honor uh, to speak in front of you. I know it's important to be engaged. I can tell you from running a race two years ago that came down to three votes that it's absolutely important to be engaged. I want to spend a little bit of time uh, here just kind of explaining why I'm in this race. Uh, when I think about why I'm running, uh, I often think about my late great-uncle Carl. Uh, my uncle Carl fought in World War II, and I have a box of his letters at home. Uh, in one of those letters, I've went through them uh, multiple times and read through them, and in one of those letters he writes that uh, he didn't mind fighting in the war if only he knew that he was helping somebody. And just a few short months later, he was killed in Germany uh, in action. And I actually have a coin here from the 1920s that was in his pocket when he was killed that was sent back to our family that I hang on to. But I think it's a good reminder of the freedom that my Uncle Carl fought for and the rights that we have, and so many other men and women have fought for. Um, so I say that to remind you to please stay engaged. The other reason um, why I'm in this race and the reason why I ran two years ago, uh, I believe that District 9 needs to be represented by a conservative. Uh, this is not a personal thing, it's a policy difference. Uh, our representative has voted for over $600 million in tax increases. Our representative has voted for at least six bills uh, against violent repeat, uh, that would protect us from violent and repeat sex offenders. In this last session, there was a veterans task force uh, that would provide money uh, for veterans uh, or to study prevent suicide prevention uh, for veterans that our representative voted against. And I just disagree with those votes, not a personal thing. Uh, so I believe that this, rep this race needs to be represented by a conservative, uh, and I would ask that you would perfectly consider who you would vote for on March 3rd. Thank you. Representative well, I was just going to talk about my background, but now I've got a desire to say other things. Um, I'm Janet Delarosa. I'm the current state representative for this district. I've been in the seat for five years. Um, I've lived in this in this area my entire life. I was born and raised in Springdale, and this is my mother in the front row. In case anybody's wondering why somebody's got an iPhone up here, that's my mama that's doing that. So I don't usually get to have family come with me, so I want to point it out when, when, they're, when they're here with me. Um, I moved to this district 13 years ago, and that's where I still reside. I reside in uh, Rogers. Um, big things that I have done while I have been in the legislature uh, that I just wanted to mention, I did work on campaign finance transparency, which doesn't really sound like a big deal until you realize after getting into the legislature, the absolute hardest thing that there is to convince legislators to do is change their own behavior. Um, we, we will tell you what to do all day long and not think twice about it, but oh, you know, ooh, you need to file online. Uh, that's a little different. It's really, really difficult to get done, but it was for transparency for everybody in this room so you could see where the money comes from. Um, I've also worked to uh, redo the way that we grade schools once I got on the Education Committee, um, which is working out really well, especially for this area because Springdale was perpetually getting undergraded, which was affecting property values. So. Um, which affects tax dollars and, and so on. Uh, and actually, I ran the bill for uh, increased recess. And since it was brought up, uh, the Veterans Task Force bill, I did not vote no on that bill. I voted no on the first version of that bill, and that vote was expunged about 15 to 20 seconds later. And uh, the whole point of that is the argument was between committee or task force, which I know I'm not going to go into explaining. The one thing I'm going to say on all of this 
everything in the legislature is so much more complicated than is ever going to fit on a bumper sticker. If you, if you think something is that simple and that can be summed up in a single statement, you're being misled. And that's the whole reason that you elect people for this job is so that you don't have to read every single bill and get into the details of every single thing. You try to pick somebody that will vote on your best behalf, not for their own reelection, not for a party, but for your best behalf. Um, that's, that's what this job is really all about, that and answering your phone, which I also do. So um, that's what I'm all about. And if anybody has any specific questions about my voting record, I am more than happy to answer any. I just won't bore all of you with every single detail right now. Thank you. I'll bore all you right, later. Uh, Kendon, you get the first question uh, to, of the night here. And let's go ahead and just start with, um, let's start with taxes. Let's start with the highway tax that we talked about in the first session there. Uh, it'll be on the ballot this November to make permanent the half-cent sales tax for highways and roads in the state of Arkansas. Uh, would you have voted to let the legislature refer that to the people, and will you vote for or against that in this uh, November? Half-cent sales tax? Uh, no, I mean, yes, uh, I won't be voting for that uh, in November. Uh, the reason for that is that was set to expire, and I believe that if you're going to give um, politicians a temporary tax, you should let it expire. I think that that builds trust uh, with your representatives. And so that's kind of my issue with that is I think it needs to expire. I also, I don't agree with it um, being on the, the state constitution. I don't think that the permanent nature of that is a good idea. Uh, I disagree with Jana De La Rosa's vote for that, and that's part of the reason why I'm in this race. All right. Jana, I'll let you talk about that issue as well. Um, I voted for that, that uh, particular issue. And so did a lot of other Republicans, and I think that's something that people in this room need to, to try to comprehend. It wasn't because a bunch of Republicans sat down and went, hey, we think we really want to raise taxes. We want to sell out, although where are the big payments coming for selling out? I, I have yet to receive that payment, wherever that may be. But Republicans didn't sell out on that. Republicans got convinced on that. We have a math problem with highway funding in the state of Arkansas and it's not going to get fixed. It's, it's, it's huge, and um, this was the best compromise that we could come up with, and so that's why I ended up supporting it. We've argued it for years. All right, Chris, would you have referred that uh, measure to the voters to consider, and will you vote for or against it this November? Uh, personally, I will vote against it. Uh, here's my issue with it. It's not a, everybody knows that we need infrastructure. It's the permanence of that that, uh, that would make that a permanent thing. I think uh, the voters had it right when we, uh, when we voted for this as a 10-year increment. What this allows us to do is when it comes up for renewal, put it before the people again. It lets us, lets us adapt it to the ever-changing needs of our community. And so it, it really gives a flexibility for this not to be permanent for us to be able to vote on this every 10 years. to go in order. I'll go Kendon again and then Jana and then Chris. Uh, you're talking about um, giving the voters a chance to decide on that, which is really what the referral does. It lets them decide whether to make it permanent or decide not to make it permanent. Uh, what's wrong with letting the voters choose on that? Well, one thing I do know, uh, we wouldn't have more taxes if our representatives went to Little Rock and didn't vote for more taxes. So um, that's how I know we wouldn't have more taxes. So. I think our voters uh, vote for representatives to go to Little Rock and decide uh, whether we should have more taxes or not. We shouldn't kick the can down the road or pass the buck uh, to voters. I also would like to make a point about the math problem. 
uh, I agree we do have a math problem. We have about $300 million uh, of general uh, sorry, of surplus, uh, and we're raising taxes by about $293 million. So I think we should use some of our uh, general uh, revenue fund for some of these measures. Uh, so I agree we do have a math problem, and it's that we're raising taxes when we have a surplus. All right. uh, Jan, I'll give you another chance to address that issue. Uh, what, what's wrong with letting the voters decide on it? You voted to do that, but uh, defend that vote for me. Well, the, the whole principle of the whole thing, and if you watch the way that the highway taxes have, or the highway funding has been debated over the years, has been to try and make it a partnership between the legislature and the people, kind of a half and half. Everybody has to buy into it. In 2017, that was one of the proposals, and, and it wouldn't work if one of them, you know, didn't didn't vote for it. It's the same thing here. The legislature did vote to raise the taxes. We did um, suck it up, for lack of a better word, and, and take that vote. We raised the gas tax. We raised the diesel tax. And I'd like to point out that the trucking industry asked for us to raise the diesel tax, and it would, it would hit them most directly. They, they, we need roads. Um, and so the second piece of that was asking the people. And if the people don't want to do that, then the people can absolutely reject it. Chris, you said you want the people to make a decision. They're yeah. offered a decision. So yeah. what's wrong with referring it and let them decide? There's nothing wrong with the people deciding. Uh, am I well, that was your argument was that they shouldn't they shouldn't be presented to have to keep extending taxes is what I thought I heard you say. Uh, no, I, that's what I support the voters voting on this every every ten years. Looking reworking it to to fit individual, you know, to fit our changing environment's needs, uh, our changing community needs. That's, I, I'm against the permanence of this being, you know, just forever. All right. Let's talk uh, about Second Amendment, which we talked about earlier, too. Uh, Janet Delarosa, this question will come to you first. Um, should the guns on college campus bill be repealed? I voted for that, so I'm going to go with a big fat no. Um, that was that was a very difficult bill to get passed in the first place. Uh, it was a very complicated bill as well and I voted for it uh, at the time and I would vote for it again. Um, I think that everybody has the right to bear arms and I think that they have the right to be uh, safe in their person regardless of where they're located. So no, I would not vote to repeal that. Uh, I would not either. I think our constitutional rights don't end uh, at a college campus and, uh, and so no. No, absolutely not. Uh, I think if you're a law-abiding citizen, you should be able to carry a weapon. I, I do want to go back some of the rest of my time and talk about this Veterans Task Force thing for a second. Uh, it is true, I think this should be, be clarified, uh, it is true that that vote was expunged, but it went from a task force to a study. And the task force would have provided much more funding for our veterans in studying that issue, which, I mean, our veterans gave their life defending us. So why are we not going to support defending them? Uh, is that the time that we're going to put our, change our priorities? I mean, we had, at the last session, our, our representative voted for five out of six tax increases, but then decided we were going to save money on supporting veterans. And so uh, I think that needs to be made very clear. All right, so the question wasn't about veterans, but we're going to do another 45-second round for everybody on veterans. Janet Delarosa, Kristen Hinden. Uh, Janet Delarosa, I'm going to give you a chance to defend uh, your vote once again on, uh, on what Kendon has said as it relates to the veterans' um, issue. The argument that was made on that bill when it came to the House was task force versus committee. And 
we have done a lot of task forces. The Republicans did a lot of task forces when we first came in to try to study everything. And what we found is it's a very, very expensive way to do things, to find out the information. So the debate, if you watch it, that occurred was actually between Republicans on this particular issue. And that was we already have a committee that's already got Veterans Affairs built into it. There was nobody on the House floor that disagreed with looking into suicide prevention or was trying to do it um, in some uh, cheap way. But again, the thing that you're, you're looking at all of us up here to do is to save money. Well, this is a way to do the exact same thing and still save money. And that, that's actually moving through the state right now. They've already had three meetings. Yeah, veterans, I think it's a, it's a big issue at the time. Uh, my grandfather was a veteran of the Korean War, and, uh, and so I support veterans all the way. I think I have a buddy who told me he was, uh, he was in the Iraq War. He commanded soldiers there. He said, look, I've lost more uh, of my soldiers since I've been home to mental illness than I ever did in combat. And so I think that is definitely something that we need to look at, and so I would support all the way. Yeah, so... I actually did a little bit of research on this, on the task force and the amount of expense that there is. I looked back since to about 2015, I counted about 10 task force that our representative uh, voted for, and including one for feral hogs. But then when it came oppor an opportunity to protect our veterans, we decided we were going to save money. By the way, uh, the same session that five out of six tax increases was voted for. So I, I just don't think that that's the time to change our priorities when you voted for 10 uh, task force previously. All right, Chris, you get the first question on this next issue. You're gonna move on to another topic. All if right. you guys wanna come back to this other topic later, we may do that. Um, let's talk about medical marijuana. It has been up and running for um, a better part of a year in Arkansas, despite it being passed almost three years ago. Um, it has been slow to be implemented. So what would you do to either speed up or slow down medical marijuana's implementation in Arkansas? Uh, well. Goodness, that's not the question I thought you were going to ask me. Um, well, here's the thing. I don't support that. I don't support um, uh, legalizing recreational marijuana, which will be on the ballot. Uh, and so for the medical marijuana, I think there are other options for us on the table. I think that um, uh, that was really something that got kind of forced through and, and uh, was one of those things where um, we, there's just a lot of other options that we can use rather than marijuana. Well, just with a little bit of the time here, the, the, it was passed by the voters. The voters yeah. were allowed yeah. to vote on it and they approved it. So right. uh, they accuse everybody of dragging their feet on implementing it. What, what could be done to speed up that implementation? Um, it's a law that the voters approved. Sure. Uh, I guess I would have to look at that specifically to see what's being dragged. Uh, and, and we could take a look at that um, to, uh, I guess, to, to help you know, uh, push the law through or, or make sure the law is being represented or, or things are being uh, put in fairly that need to be put in fairly. And so, uh, yeah, I would have to take a look at that and, and, and see specifically what's being held up. All right. what would you do to make this process move more efficiently? Yeah, so, you know, medical marijuana, I guess is this just medical marijuana we're just talking about. It's a tough issue. It wasn't something I was thrilled about when it occurred. Obviously, the voters voted for it, so I want to respect that. And I think uh, you see some, some people dragging their feet on it because they didn't really want it. And so I think, obviously, since the people have voted for it, we're going to have to uh, 
go through those hoops and, and, and try to get that in place. As far as specifically what we would do, uh, to be honest with that, I don't know about that, but uh, I'm not thrilled about it. So you, as you can tell, I'm not super passionate about getting that through, but I think we need to respect the uh, voters' wishes on that. Okay, you've been down there and seen some of the regulatory process and the uh, laws that have gone in place. What, what do you think is what needs to be done to improve the implementation of that? I don't know that there is anything that we can do at this point to improve the implementation. Um, it, nobody drug their feet. I know that the impression is given that we drug our feet, but nobody drug our feet in the legislature. There was a decision originally of do you follow your conscience or do you follow uh, what the people ordered in the Constitution because you know it's in disagreement with federal law. So it puts you in a very tough position to actually have to, to make those votes. But we were tasked with setting statute to implement this and we did what we were ordered to do. Um, I can tell you that we took it very seriously. We tried very hard to keep it uh, medical marijuana. We, we instituted a lot of parameters around that. But the biggest issue with that, frankly, is lawsuits with the way that the, um, the uh, growers were chosen in the first place. And things are just got, have gotten locked up, and that's out of our hands. All right, let's stay on the topic of marijuana. Um, one of you mentioned that uh, it's likely to be on the ballot this year. Actually, I don't think they'll get their signatures. But let's just say that recreational marijuana were to make the ballot this uh, November. Uh, Kendon, you get to go first with this question. Would, would you be supportive of recreational marijuana in Arkansas? Why or why not? Uh, no, sir. I, I don't think it's good for our workforce. Uh, you know, I don't think it's good for our community. I don't think it's good for our values. So, no, I absolutely don't uh, support recreational marijuana. Uh, and, and something else that I don't support, that I don't think is good for our community, uh, that, that our representative has voted for uh, at least six times in the last three sessions, is supporting uh, violent and repeat sex offenders. And, uh, you know, there was a bill that would require violent and repeat sex offenders who committed forcible rape to register as a sex offender for life. And only two representatives out of 100 voted against that bill. Only one of them was a Republican, and that was our representative, and I disagree with that. The questions about recreational marijuana, whether or not you would support it, you're welcome to use the time however you would like. No, I would not support it, and I'm not even going to reply to that. Okay. Um, Janice, first question on this next one. I would like to weigh in on that. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Kenny, go ahead. Chris. So good. I understand. It's uh, a little tense, but uh, no, I definitely would not support uh, support that if it made it if it makes it to the ballot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kendon, you're up first for this next question. I am told um, there's been a raging debate at the legislature last session, and it is probably going to spill over into the ballot this session between the state's ophthalmologists and the state's optometrists. Uh, this deals with scope of practice. It, basically, there was a law that was passed by the legislature that would allow optometrists to perform some minor surgeries that ophthalmologists have traditionally performed. Um, there's a chance that that state law that was passed by the legislature will be given a chance for voters to decide whether to repeal it or not to repeal it. I would ask how you stand on that particular issue, um, if you are familiar enough with it. It has been in the newspaper quite a bit. Yeah, you know. One of the things is being an attorney, you know, you people think uh, in your daily practice that because you're an attorney, you're an attorney, you know every law, you know everything about every subject. Uh, it's actually you know, obviously not the case. And so you uh, usually 
do a lot of research on certain things and you get back to people and tell them what, what your thoughts are. I do believe that when you give people advice, uh, people who are, have knowledge on certain areas, uh, you should take that. And so people who are in those fields, uh, I think they know, you know what's, uh, who should be performing those services. And so I think we need to listen to them on that. I know from being um, in a professional field that it takes certain requirements to get to where you are. And there's certain uh, uh, things that there's reasons why you go through those hoops. And so, you know, I think that that's important. Um, so we listen to those people and know what those requirements are. I'd like to point out that wasn't an answer. Um, so the optometrist versus the opth ophthalmologist. So in the legislature, you're going to find that the most contentious bills tend to actually be, especially when you have a lot of Republicans versus Democrats. Um, you know, people say they're going to go down there and they're going to fight for pro-life. You know, I'm going to fight for pro-life. You don't have to fight for pro-life when there are 76 Republicans in the House. Um, you, you basically, everybody knows how everybody's going to vote. You might get a Democrat go down and make a, a token gesture statement. Everybody takes their vote and they moves on. Scope of practice gets very intense, um, and I ended up choosing in favor of the optom or in the in favor of the ophthalmologists on this bill, based on the way the bill was written. Um, I, I could not decide based on um, the arguments uh, from each one, but the way the bill was written made me move towards the ophthalmologists. Uh, I think uh, scope of practice is a is a big deal. I think that. Um, and I would welcome that debate if it were to come up in the next. Uh, I think uh, I think one of our jobs as as legislators are to hear both sides uh, and to make educated decision and um, and you know represent our district and the thoughts on that the best way possible. So I would welcome the debate on that um, uh, if that were to come up again in uh, in the next session. Uh, currently serve on education, city, county, and local affairs, uh, joint budget. I think that's it. I hope I'm not forgetting any. I think that's it. What, what, what committee would you like to serve on uh, in future if you were reelected back to the legislature? I would actually like to stay on the committees that I'm on. Um, and I know that city, county, and local affairs is typically not one that's chosen by more senior members. You usually get kind of stuck on it uh, as a freshman because it's what's left over. Um, but I've really enjoyed being on it and I think that that committee needs people that have some experience on it so it's not just full of freshmen all the time so I actually um, intend to stay on that one if, if I get reelected. All right Chris what uh, committee would you or committees would you like to serve on if uh, you're elected? I would love to serve on law enforcement I think uh, that's a passion of mine I, I really respect uh, everything that our, our, our law enforcement and police officers uh, that they do for our state and uh, that's something I'll be passionate about. Yeah, so I think judicial or transportation, uh, kind of across between my field currently, uh, being an attorney at J.B. Hunt, obviously we deal with transportation all the time, and so I think it'd be interesting uh, to have an opportunity to, to be in those. All right. Uh, Chris, we get to come to you first all right. on this uh, answer here, or on this question. Let's talk about the topic of solar energy. It's really, we've seen a ton of announcements over the last year. Uh, there have been some policy changes at the state level to a... Uh, um, promote more solar energy tax credits as well as uh, being able to tap into the grid. There's a pilot at the PSC on this. 
what, what would you think that we need to do to promote more solar energy usage, if indeed you even believe that that's the direction we need? Uh, yeah, I think I think new technologies is it's a it's a big part of of where we need to move. Not that uh, just new technologies and and technology based education and things like that. The thing about solar right now is that it's super expensive, uh, and I think that uh, I actually looked at getting solar panels on my house, and then when uh, after all said and done, it was not feasible whatsoever. And, uh, and so I think uh, until these things become a little cheaper, a little more feasible for the everyday American, I think, uh, you know, I think we stay away from them at the moment. Is there something that you could do as a legislator, though, to, to make that happen? Um, I mean, we could subsidize some things. Uh, you could do grants. You could do uh, a lot of things to make that more affordable. Uh, but I, overall, I really think that um, we should stay away from them at the moment. Well, I think Chris makes a good point that solar is expensive. Um, something to incentivize people if they want to go that route would might be let uh, the citizens of Arkansas have more of their own tax dollars in their own pocket. I think that really would help you make decisions on if you want to do solar like Chris wanted to do. If he had more money in his pocket, he could do that. Uh, when your representative continues to vote for more higher taxes, uh, over $600 million in tax increases, um, you don't have that opportunity to do that. And so. Uh, that's what I would say would be a, something you could do. Um, I, I'm not a fan of subsidizing uh, specific forms of energy over others, so I don't think the government should be getting involved in that. I'm also a pretty big fan of dirty coal. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you've gone to the facilities, you know where they're where they're using this. There are a lot of advantages to coal that don't exist in the other forms of energy. It's the reason so many people still use it. It's the fact that you can store it up, and that's a huge problem that we have with energy right now. Is you can't store it. Coal is one of the few ways that you can still store um, energy. So. Um, I'm, I'm not real big on, on pushing solar. I'm fine with it advancing on its own, but I'm, I'm not real big on the government pushing it. All right. Kendon, you get to go first on this next question. Uh, this comes from uh, an audience question here. Since state government includes lobbyists, how would you stand for your constituents who represent you in the face of lobbyists? Would you bring any legislation to regulate lobbyists? Well, I think if I don't think you worry about that if you elect people who go to the state legislature have good moral fiber and know that they're going to represent your interests and uh, you know look lobbyists have a job it's great but your job is to represent the people that you represent and so you put them first uh, what you don't do is go to the state legislature and vote for more taxes you don't go to the state legislature and vote against bills that would protect our citizens from violent repeat sex offenders you don't vote against bills that would protect our veterans I kind of have a question back on what you mean by regulate the lobbyists. Um, I, do they have too much free reign over what legislators do? Do they are they curtailed enough in their activity that they have to disclose what they have to disclose, and the public knows the type of influence they're providing to legislators? Um, well, they uh, lobbyists did get reined in um, pretty severely in two thousand and was it fifteen or thirteen? I can't remember the year. Um, so, because I, I remember, well, it had to be 15 because I remember getting elected and being in this room and being afraid to drink a bottle of water because I was afraid, you know, I would get an ethics complaint on me that I had taken something from, you know, some entity that had a lobbyist. So, um, I've never had any issues with, with lobbyists pushing too hard, or, you know, and that's, that's the, the key with them is if they ever lie to you or ever push you too hard. 
you know, they, they won't have a job for long, so I haven't really run into any issues with them on that. Chris? Yeah, I think that, uh, um, I think that it is a concern. Uh, and here's, here's what kind of differentiates me from, you know, really anyone on the table. My, my campaign is 97% funded by real voters, uh, not lobbyists, special interest, political action committees. And, and I think that's an important part of, of electing officials and, and electing people who will represent the people and not lobbyists or not these things. And so I think that's a very real risk, um, but, um, but I think it's all about who you represent and, and that's the most important thing. Who funded the other 3% of your campaign? It was the uh, Jobs and Growth Pack. I uh, met the uh, Lieutenant Scary. Governor. You, yeah. You said 97. Yeah. <laughs> I, I met the Lieutenant Governor and, and I guess he liked me. I didn't ask for anything. He sent me a check. And so it was. the refugee situation in Arkansas and that came up a little bit in our previous uh, commentary there as well. Governor Asa Hutchinson said that um, he is supportive of the federal policy to allow refugee, refugees to be accepted uh, by the state. Uh, there are some pretty severe limitations in terms of what the federal government will allow. Federally government funds this as well as private be funded. The state's not um, on the hook for any amount of money on these refugees uh, that may settle here. Is the governor's policy right? Right now it's kind of a moot point because that's been challenged in court. So I don't know that the governor really truly has a, a choice on that at this moment. It's going to stay the same way that it's been with the additional... I, I really didn't have an issue with the governor's position on that. I mean, these are these are people that were already coming into uh, our state. They have historically had caused no issues, no no crime uh, of any nature, um, and it's privately funded uh, or federally funded, and they tend to become productive citizens and uh, pay taxes. So I, I didn't have an issue with his decision on that. All right, Chris. Yeah. So here's here's the the first thing that your responsibility is to the people of Northwest Arkansas, the people of your district, making sure they're safe, making sure that uh, decisions like this are, are, you know, are best for your constituents. And so with that said, I am also a pastor. And so helping people in need is a, is a passion. And so I think that first of all, vetting is very important, making sure that people that are coming are, are people that want to be here and that, uh, that want to contribute to a society. And, uh, and so with that said, I think that uh, there needs to be a lot of vetting and a lot of due process. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's right. All right, Kendall, do you agree or disagree with the governor? Yeah, so well, one, I would like to say that I think I really respect uh, President Trump's uh, approach of trying to make this limited government. I think it is right. This is kind of a, somewhat of a moot point at the moment. Uh, but I think there's a lot of unanswered questions. I mean, so you want to know if this is going to be a permanent issue or if this is going to be a temporary issue. And obviously our goal is to put our Kansans first. So I think that that kind of makes me um, a, little, a little bit concerned. I'd just like to know more about that. Uh, so but obviously talking about putting our Kansans first, uh, I mean, there's other issues that our current representative uh, continues to vote that I disagree with now. And uh, just like I mentioned earlier, when you're talking about six bills that would protect our citizens from violent repeat sex offenders that your representative is literally the only person out of 100 people to vote against or the only Republican to vote against, I think that's a concern that we should address right now. Um, um, all right, uh, Chris? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I heard trouble here with three. It's a lot more confusing than three. All right. 
for all of you are going to get this question, obviously. Um, if you are elected to the legislature, one of the biggest things you'll do in the 2021 session involves uh, congressional redistricting. And when you look at the population and demographic data that's out there right now, it is very clear that the third congressional district, 40 people a day moving into Northwest Arkansas is gonna get smaller. Um, what would you advocate, what counties in the third congressional district do you think need to move out of the third congressional district? Um, do you have a choice or do you have a preference on that? I really don't. No, I think that uh, here's what I do know. I think that uh, population growth in Northwest Arkansas is pretty huge, and I think we represent uh, a large, you know, a, we'll find out exactly when the census happens here coming up, but I think that it's definitely needed, you know, as at least one new district, maybe two in Northwest Arkansas, to represent all of the people accurately, and I think that's a big deal. I think I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, I'm looking forward to see how everything works out, and I welcome it. So what was your question again? Is which well, county? Question is where, 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 where the third congressional district? It's going to be too big. So as a matter of fact, I'm trying to lose. Um, kind of think of my calculation. About like eighty thousand in population. A little over eighty thousand is going to come out of the third congressional district. Do you advocate taking out a uh, county to the west, or Pope County, or Sebastian County? Oh yeah. I'd Get rid of Pope County. Get rid of Sebastian's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. I mean. Uh, you know, I need to look at the data, I guess, and see what the best options are. I don't know which counties I would like to, to kick out of here. Um, but that's a, a very creative question, so I yeah, appreciate yeah. that. I don't really have much preference on it. Um, I think as long as Benton and Washington County stay together, just because Northwest Arkansas has become so aligned from Fayetteville all the way to Bentonville, or actually to Bella Vista, I think that those two counties need to stay together um, to be cohesive. Um, and it, there will be several new representative seats that are created with this upcoming election. This, the district that I represent right now, you're supposed to have approximately 30,000 people in it, and this one has 45,000. So this district for sure is going to get split. Um, and I think the Bentonville district, I think they've got around 60,000 up in, in that one, so it's going to going to have to get split in half. So there'll, there'll be a lot more positions created once that census is complete and redistricting is done. We may have all of y'all that don't win the primary this year back in two years running for a new legislative seat. Uh, so uh, I guess that could happen. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Medicaid expansion. Kendon, you get to go first on this one. Uh, we talked about this earlier. The private options become the Ar become Arkansas Works. You will be voting on whether or not to continue funding for Arkansas Works in the next legislative session if you're elected do, will you be supportive or are you not supportive of that program so first you just made a comment about us running for office this is the second time i've done this so i'm, I'm hoping to make a career of just running for office that's my goal uh, and I, if I, this time i can come up within one vote and lose that'd be even more fun um so arkansas works you know obviously i think one i really respect that the governor uh, put work requirements on uh, arkansas works i think that was a great idea uh, obviously, we have some issues with that with the court system right now, uh, and Arkansas Works is eating up a huge portion of the budget. And so I think right now we're going to have to look at, until we get at least get work requirements back, I think we need uh, some sort of enrollment freeze. And I think that's what I would be looking for in the state legislature, um, should I be so fortunate to be there. Um, I'm glad you actually asked this question because it was it was going to be one of my answers if you asked the same question that you asked them down there. This is one of the areas, you know, when you talk about where you can actually save money. I know that everybody thinks that there's money in the couch cushions in all of these different areas, but this is education, Medicaid, 
prisons, those are your those are your big big ones. This is one where we have a huge opportunity, and the big opportunity that we have is in the block grants that Trump has said that uh, he's willing to offer. Now, what the parameters are for those, I don't know, but I know that that's something that we've uh, been very anxious to pursue. And in fact, the legislature, which I supported, um, passed a law in advance of the block grants in just in anticipation of it so that we could go ahead and pursue the waivers for the block grants should they be um, passed before we were in session again. So um, that's an area where we could really save money. That's a huge opportunity. Um, I would not support it. And I think it's, a, it's a, an expansion of, of Obamacare and, and some, some programs of, of that nature. And, and I always think that the, um, that the private market is, is a better place uh, to, to find a more affordable options uh, and better options in a, in a, uh, in a free market system. Softball question for all three of you. Okay. Which Republican in politics today do you most relate to? Me? No, I mean like me. I am a Republican in politics right now. Besides yourself, which Republican in politics today do you most relate to? That's a really hard question. I truly don't know. I mean, this is the first question I think you've ever asked that I truly don't know the answer to. I've never really tried to compare myself to other um, specific Republicans or, or anybody else in office. I've always just tried to make decisions based on what I thought was best for Arkansans at the time I was presented with it, and I haven't really ever tried to compare. I, I truly can't answer that question. I can't think of what I'll think of one later. I'll probably say Ronald Reagan because he's my favorite. But um, so I'll go with Ronald Reagan. But he's he's not alive today, so I don't know. There is a Ronald Reagan alive today, so you know I think it's his son, isn't it? So, oh, Ron. Oh. I bet you don't relate to Ron. No, no, not him. No, I meant the dad. Chris. Uh, I would man. I'll take I'll take the big one. I'll go with the president, and uh, I I really relate to his desire to to make our country better. To represent the will of the people, and uh, and to, and here's what I'm just I'm campaigning for him basically. Uh, he's doing the things that he said he was going to do in his campaigns, and I think that really connects with uh, the American people. Relate to I don't know, but I will. I want to talk with Chris here with President Trump. One of the things that President Trump I really respect with him is he doesn't uh, he doesn't back down from anybody, right? He campaigned and he uh, told us what he was going to do and he went down to Washington and he's done a lot of those things and he's taken it to the media who has not been friendly uh, to conservatives um, and he's been one of the most pro-life presidents that we've had and so you know in 2016 I didn't know what kind of president President Trump was going to be but uh, I will say one thing that uh, I guess I could relate to him on if that, that, since that's the question uh, he's a business owner so am I and I think that gives you a unique perspective uh, when you start talking about taxes and those type of things, especially. So. All right. Jana, I'm going to give you one last. Did you come up with anything? <laughs> right. Okay, you're going to stick with Reagan. Son. No. No. No, 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 don't quote, don't, don't write that one down. Ron. Ron. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about uh, tort reform has been an issue that has come up in the legislative session before. It was on the ballot before it got kicked off the ballot. It may come back at at some point in time, is this Chris first? Yes, Chris. So the issue of 
reforming torts in Arkansas. Do you support seeing another attempt to basically make changes to the legal system and, and put the types of limits that the tort reform measure tried to do, the caps on damages, the some of the limitations that were there in the, the previous re uh, iterations of this proposal? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it's always a good thing to take a look, reevaluate things, reevaluate where our legal system is, uh, and and have that open debate about it. And so I would love to look at that, take a look at the details, see what's in it, and uh, and really kind of have the conversation. I think that's what's been lost a lot of times in politics these days is having the conversation uh, about issues and having a real, honest, not a not a you know. A angry, uh, not an angry conversation about that, but I think that's uh, that's what's needed for a lot of things. It's your profession, Ken. What do you think? It is, and you know what? Uh, I'm kind of in the minority when it comes to attorneys on this issue. Um, I, I am pro-tort reform. I think that uh, it's good for business. I think we've seen that with other states as well. Uh, I can tell you from my profession uh, now we see some really crazy lawsuits and some things that part of my entire job is to try to protect uh, our company from, uh, from, some, from lawsuits. And so it's difficult to do. Um, and so I think that tort reform would really help us in that area. Tort reform in general, I do not oppose, but I did oppose the bill um, that was actually passed. Uh, it put a dollar value on human life and I am adamantly pro-life and I think that once you start putting a dollar value in human life it starts getting factored into spreadsheets and people decide how many people they can kill for a certain amount of money for cost and I don't think that's ever a good a good uh, pathway to be taking. Alright, last question for you and Kendon, we will start first with you. Um, I asked this question earlier, the winner of this race faces a Democratic opponent. Do you pledge to support the Republican if uh, you're not the nominee? Well, the answer is yes. Uh, I think the Democrat Party uh, in recent years, especially, uh, you know, they've really went to the left. And so uh, there's just really no way I can get behind a lot of their pro-choice stances, their big government stances, mostly socialism stances. Now, I will say, I think in this race specifically, I think we do need to have a Republican representing this seat, a conservative representing this seat, somebody who's going to go to Little Rock and cut taxes, uh, cut spending, um, not going to raise our taxes by over $600 million. Uh, but if that uh, ends up being the case, I'm not going to support the, the Democrat, no. Okay. Janet? Yes. Chris? Um, yeah. I think uh, I actually know the, uh, uh, the, the, the lady running on the Democratic ticket. And, uh, and so not that, nothing about it. I, I know her. She used to go to our church. Uh, but I think, uh, I think it is about the issues. Uh, and, and I think everybody at this table represents uh, issues more so than a, a Democratic candidate would that I'm passionate about. All right. Closing statements. Two minutes apiece. Starts with Jana, then goes Kendon, and then Chris, right? Well, thank you for everybody for being here and, and enduring us for, I think, two, two hours now. I think we've, we've been going. Um, I have been the state representative for five years, and I would just caution you that everything that goes through the legislature is not as simple as it is made out to be. And also, I don't think anybody here believes I'm a stupid person. I've been accused of a lot of things, but being stupid is not one of them. And I can tell you for every vote of mine that has been criticized, 
I knew exactly how it would look when I made the vote. I'm, I'm not blind. I knew that. And I think that the reason my record is so easy to criticize is because I till still take the votes anyway, despite what the bill title says, despite what somebody can say about it later. And that's something that I think you need in the legislature is more political courage to be able to stand up for the people despite what it's going to do to your own record. And I can tell you that I have taken votes on bills knowing that there's a good chance I could get unelected because of it. And I did it anyway. So um, I would just like to close with that, that, that I have the experience, I have the perspective, and I have the desire to serve, and I have the desire and have put the people first above myself. Um, and I would just appreciate your consideration if you live in this district. So I appreciate you guys being here tonight. It has been two hours, I think, or something uh, along that line. So thank you for, for enduring this. Um, you know, I think District 90 needs a real conservative in this seat. I think District 90 does not need a career politician in this seat. Uh, I have a full-time job. I'm a business owner. And I intend on continuing to do that as I treat this position as a public service. Um, you know, again, when your representative goes and votes for over $600 million in tax increases, I don't think that's courageous. Uh, I think that's a, a good way to pass the buck. Uh, you should go and fight to cut taxes and cut spending. I don't think it's courageous uh, to vote for against bills that would protect us from violent repeat sex offenders. I don't think that's courage. And when you're the only representative or the only Republican voting against those bills, I think that's an issue. And I don't think it's courageous not to defend our veterans uh, who has went out there and defended us. Uh, I will say, uh, I think the people of America and the people of, of this state has been given a great gift from God. Uh, and that gift is your vote. And so don't waste it. Uh, my Uncle Carl gave his life for that right. And I would just ask that you would please get out and vote and exercise that right. And I'd ask for your, your vote on March 3rd. Thanks. Chris? Um, yeah, I think uh, I'm very grateful that everyone in this room showed up and spent two hours uh, listening to the issues. This, this shows a commitment uh, that you have uh, to our country, and, and that's something that I, that I hold very serious. Uh, I think that just being here is a privilege that I don't want to waste. I think that being here, being able to represent values that are important, being able to represent the people of District 90 and the people of our community is such a huge responsibility. And it's something that I value and I, I look forward to doing uh, if, uh, you know, if it turns out that way on, on March 3rd. Uh, it's all about legacy for me. Uh, leaving a legacy for the next generation. My daughters, they were here earlier, and then they bugged out because it was way too long for them and bedtime probably. And, uh, but it's all about leaving a legacy, representing values, having an active role in our country, in our community, and representing that. And that's what I, I, I want to do. And so thank you guys so much for coming out. I, uh, I hope to get your vote on March 3rd. And uh, you guys, this has been a pleasure. Thank you.